0: Yes, guys, thank you. And welcome to another episode of the Canon Podcast, a new episode, something new that we're trying. Um, And, you know, we're really delighted to welcome a guest, uh, a friend, even in fact. Um, Will, mate, how are you doing? I am good. How
1: are you, man? I'm, I'm,
0: I'm happy to be here. Yes. No, I'm, I'm very excited to have Will on because it's something that, you know, we can kind of talk to and get a little bit nerdy about a topic that we both love in terms of the youth in general. Uh, firstly, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, your content as well, and kind of just a brief description about what got you interested into the youth.
1: For sure. Um, uh, If you don't already follow me, I'm Hale End Productions on Twitter uh, and on TikTok. You can find my podcast and vodcast on YouTube and Spotify platforms, anywhere you get audio. Uh, It's called Away From Hale End, covering the youth uh, on the podcast, but also more specifically, the Academy players out on loan, um, which I think is really actually kind of my way that I got into following the youth system. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm American. Um, and the loan system to me is just the most brilliant thing in all of sports. And I just, as an Arsenal fan, massive Arsenal fan, I always was just interested in what's going on with our 19 year olds that are under contract, but not playing for Arsenal and are playing senior football elsewhere. And so that's really why I started my account. Uh, I always just found it fascinating. I got into the nitty gritty of it and found that there are some accounts out there that just kind of post stats and whatnot, but I really wanted to dive a little bit deeper and, want to have a platform about it. So that's that's really why I got involved in, in the youth system and why I cover it so closely and, and try to inform everyone as, as much as I can.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, like, of course, we don't have a British accent. So a lot of times <laughs> that can be like, how do you watch youth games? Um, sure. Do you, do? I mean, as, a, as, a, as one aspect, do you use uh, kind of some scouting sources? Do you do what I do sometimes, sign up for free on some of these websites that offer you? Because a lot of people don't know youth games are streamed for free from a lot of teams. And as long yeah, as you find almost, out, you can totally get it. I in. would say
1: like 70% of the under 21 games are, are streamed. You can find like FA Youth Cup games. You can find when we're playing in the EFL Cup um, games, like when we're playing other senior sides. I mean, most of the games you can find, mm-hmm. you find a lot of full match replays. I mean, truthfully, like I illegally stream a lot of matches just if that's what has to be done so I can watch the games. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's some of the like team websites that actually block my access because I'm in the U.S. from watching. <laughs> yeah. So then like it's either VPN or whatever it is. But I mean, I, I kind of do whatever I can to figure out if I can watch it. Yeah. Um, but. It, there is more access than people realize you just have to actually make the effort. And I know people don't want to make the effort. So that's why you and I kind of put our thoughts together for them to read.
0: Absolutely. And then you develop a niche, but for yourself, I guess, so we're, we're looking at youth, right, as a philosophy. And I always normally categorize youth into a couple different pillars, right? You've got your physical youth. So what do I mean by that? They're monsters, um, that, you know, essentially exert their dominance throughout the age groups because of how physically developed they are. And then normally you get them lacking certain technical skills or uh, maybe some uh, mental skills that they may have to get out of trouble because they can just overpower kids. Then you've got the other spectrum, which are just so technical. They're so technically advanced that they then sometimes struggle when they go and reach up higher age groups because then they've been solving technical skills at their own age group that then they're not able to solve physically. And then finally, mental. Um, These are the type of kids that for me have been studs of the youth system, Reese Nelson, for an example, who have come in the star have dominated physically, technically, and then they go to the first team and they don't quite push on. For yourself, how do you make the distinguishing um, between all the differences of youth? And do you kind of look at youth in a similar way where you have them in categories of talent? Because we know youth isn't linear, and it's very unique.
1: Definitely. I think obviously the physical is the one that stands out first, right? Like if you're watching Cheeto Obi, it's clear that he's a foot taller than everyone else. Hmm. If you're watching three or four years ago, if you were watching Brooke Norton Cuffey, like there was a feeling that this level, no matter how old he's going to be, this level doesn't make sense for him because he's just going to run by you. And if he's not running by you, he's going to push by you. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of the physical. That's the first thing that I see. And if you have those physical traits, that's great. But if you can apply them in the right ways and not just rely on them, that's how I can judge that player. Uh, If we're talking technical, I think Hale End is so specific because you don't make it at Hale End if you don't have technical skills. And if you listen or if you read or watch what any of these young kids say when, you know, Arsenal often does profiles on them or they're whatever. Some of them show up on podcasts every once in a while. They say that. Like, my first week at Hale End, I could not believe the technical level of everybody else. I felt like I was drowning. And honestly... I think that that makes it really hard to judge players at hail end often. Like if you think of a Ben Cotterill, who is so technically sound, but you know, he didn't really have that many other things going from obviously injuries got in the way. So Mm -hmm. I think technical when it comes to hail end is one that it's a little bit harder to judge because you can see it. So then you have to go into a little bit more of like the very specific, like how is their ball manipulation? What's their passing range? Like, do they have too much positional bias in order to actually excel in the roles that they're playing in? Mm -hmm. And then can they, Can they adjust to a different position in which those biases won't get in their way? Uh, And then the mental, I think the mental is the hardest one, obviously, because number one, they're kids and there isn't that much access to their speak. And, and obviously coaches aren't going to be like this kid's, you know, doesn't show up to practice. Like think about Miguel Aziz, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody knew until probably even during his Portsmouth loan. I don't feel like it was clear that that didn't go well because of his kind of his bad attitude. Let's call it. Um, But now it's clear. So I think mental, uh, obviously, the the uh, Inside Hail End documentary helped a little bit to see into that, and and sometimes you can just tell when a player when you watch a player for ninety minutes if they never put their head down if they always keep running you can kind of tell and that they're you know they have the mental side of the game but that is definitely to me the hardest one to judge, uh, and you really need to, a bigger sample size than just a few clips here and there.
0: Absolutely, and I mean you 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 kind of do a collective effort. I, I mean I know for myself I have this mental profile. When I scout personally, for example, so I look at things like it's very difficult to find out whether or not a player has leadership. But for example, I look at an attacking midfielder. Are you brave to play between the lines when you're being pressured? When you've got a team that's on top of you that, you know, has been in a press, has been in your half or majority of the half. Are you brave enough to play that between the line pass or do you pass off responsibility? That's a mental question, for example. A keeper, 100%. Uh, are they able to stand tall in, in a set piece situation when people are maybe being physical with him? That's a mental calculus. You know, th- There's ways that you can maybe infer, um, maybe traits, for example. But also at the same time, we also recognize that uh, Miles Lewis Skelly, as a mental profile very different to Ethan Winnery. you can see yes. it in the manner in terms of how they they kind of uh their personality traits but they that translates on the pitch as well like i would ar- i would argue we'll get into all the details but a miles lewis skelly is brazen he's somebody that makes you jump off the page and he does it with his play style he forces play ethan himself he does it in a different way he achieves the same aspect but I would almost argue he's got a little bit more methodical nature to his play. You can definitely see that he's able to kind of think about the game um more as a whole as opposed to maybe moments. And so sure. when when you talk about that and you talk about the difference between players, do you find that there's one player uh or player type that succeeds more at a specific club? So for example, do Cobbin basically produce defenders in very simple terms, and we produce attackers. Or do you feel as though um, the philosophy of maybe our youth system is just different from those of Man City, who are also a brilliant youth team, West Ham, Derby, for example, just some lesser known ones that we know are brilliant in their own right?
1: For sure. I think it's an interesting one because I actually do think Arsenal has been trying to tackle this over the last five or ten years. Like if you yeah. look at our scouting in the last five or ten years, it has completely shifted. Yes, the likes of a, a Ben Cotterill or a Matt Smith, who are kind of this smaller, maybe not less athletic, may not be the direct way of saying it, but not necessarily jump off the page with their physical traits. Yeah, but more our tidy midfielders. That was kind of the prototypical Hale and talent that's what our scouts were clearly looking for if you look in the last 10 years and we haven't really seen a defender breakthrough but we have started to at least develop defenders who are making it at the senior level whether it's somewhere else or with us mm-hmm. um so i mean kind of to answer your question i don't know like i think people when they see miles lewis kelly versus ethan winery like if you remember like kind of six eight months ago everyone's like oh and Rineri's not giving people high fives like he's definitely leaving like as you said, that's just his mentality. Like you can even see it when they were on the bench for that Champions League match at home. Like, yeah, Lewis Kelly's in Wanerri's ear the entire time. He's chatting him up. He's excited. He's he's boisterous, mm-hmm. and Wanerri is kind of, I think, sitting there taking in the game, learning while mm-hmm. he's sitting there. Like, it's not a matter of not being excited. It's a matter of that's his. That's who he is, and that's his play style. As you said, and I don't know that either one is better than the other. I think yeah. Miles Louis Kelly. There's a lot of great things about being that rambunctious midfielder but he's also going to have to learn about being calm on the ball, about having some ability to dictate the tempo of a game by just playing a sideways pass when he needs to. I think it, like that is what makes such a great midfielder is that you have all these different mental traits and when are yeah. in the same light, like he's going to have to learn when he needs to take over a game and be the guy who does that. And he actually does do that. He did that in the FA youth cup just a week ago when he scored five goals in the second half. Like yeah. I think, It's too mental profiles are as I was saying are such a hard one to really pinpoint because unless you know the person, you only know how their mental mentality is on the pitch, and that is important. But to also know the person is very important, and I think we saw that with Bukayo Saka, who he looked like a very humble kid when he first, and he's very humble. Let's just be clear. But when he first came onto the pitch in that Europa League match, like you could tell, this was kind of a humble kid who was so happy to be there, but. He's also learned the trade of I'm going to come in and take over this game at this moment because Arsenal need me to drag us back and win these three points, and so I think how a player speaks and how they play combine to make the player as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and um, we'll we'll maybe transition kind of less broadly on youth stuff and get into Arsenal. Hail end. I mean we experienced a huge change when Per Mertesacker led the change um you know as along with uh, Marcus Lucassen who people may not know that set the kind of initial philosophy our pillars of youth and defining an Arsenal way of playing um sure. how, how do you see a the general structures of kind of the hail End Academy now and how have we upheld those kind of pillars in terms of producing youth talents because I think that that's a big issue that some of the top teams that have struggled to employ youth haven't done. It might sound stupid, but you need key KPIs or key performance indicators for for a successful youth setup and the most successful youth setups have a consistent way of playing across their age groups and that's been a real push that at least per sure. has has headed so what did you make of the way he did it how he did it
1: Well I think you you just said it right there right like the entirety of the academy is basically built to run like a mini Arsenal in its own right, right? Like, you have responsibilities as a player, you have responsibilities as a person, and you're going to play the Arsenal way. And I think a lot of people get worried about like, for example, when we didn't do great in the youth league here in the Champions League's youth uh, session this uh, past year. Last year, we had a second half, we had a very tough time in the under 21s. That's because we're trying to teach 16, 17, 18-year-olds to play a very complex system so that when they are ready to join the first team as their singular players, they can actually fill a role, right? And mm-hmm. I think there are positives and negatives to the way the Hale-End used to be. I think, you know, in the days of Arsene Wenger, these players were all kind of free-flowing in their own right. We didn't produce defenders. We really produced a bunch of free-flowing players. And Wenger brought them in and he was like, okay, you're an attacking midfielder. Come play left back for a week. Like, that was great in its own right. And we, we made some great players out of it but I actually don't think modern football suits that anymore. Just everything is about very specific roles. You need to fill a very specific portion of the pitch and do your job there. And I think Hale End has really started to teach that. Um, you talk about the pillars, obviously. I think it, it's clear. I don't, I can't speak necessarily to all the other academies and how they teach this, but it's clear that schooling and becoming the right kind of person is a very important part of, of being a member of Hale End And, and, continuing through the ranks at the academy. And I think in a day when mental health and sports is such an important aspect and something that's spoken about so much, making sure that a player isn't just a player, and I don't mean to single out specific academies, but I think we've seen it a little bit at Manchester United with their academy and having some problems with certain youth players, not just one, um, who have you know not necessarily you know went on to be excellent footballers or people. I, I think you can learn a lot from that. And I think per Mertesacker, they don't call him the big friendly giant for no reason. Um, I think, you know, that was kind of a great hiring and he's brought in great people. I mean, the likes of, you know, even Betsy before Mehmet Ali, Jack Wilshire coming in and teaching the 18s. I mean, you hear what these kids talk about learning from Jack Wilshire. It's like they're learning from Superman himself. Like that is the prototypical person they want to be as a hailender, ender. And it's just, I mean, it's so fun as a fan too, to, to to hear that there's so much joy in the academy at a time like this.
0: Yeah, and I love how uh, clinical we've been in appointments, right? Like, you know, you mentioned uh, Kevin Betsy, who I thought was amazing, along with Dan Micicci, who we poached from the England kind of youth set previously. There was a key, um, there was a targeting done there. And I think that Arsenal have become uh, almost a platform because both of those people have gone on to have really successful careers within um, a step up beyond the academy they've gone and the reason that they left was because they had better offers at jobs elsewhere in terms of actually starting their coaching career so when we talk about the youth setup i think it's really important that arsenal have platformed themselves to become not just a station for youth but a station for coaches we talk about jack wilshire look it's amazing to have a coaching player return to become a that was such a big fabric of your club you know, that shouldn't be the only reason. And it's not like what I love is that we've kind of blended the fact that he's just a brilliant um, player that has done great for us, but he's also a brilliant coach. And that has yep. been the, the, the structure of it where per isn't sentimental in the fact about just recruiting past players because not. you're a past player. There is, there's, there's been a very specific targeting, I feel about the coaching setup, but um, I wanted to ask you in general, um, is there maybe a lesser known figure in the background that you, um, highlight, not just per, uh, not just method Ali and Jack Wilshire, but is there, a, is there another figure that you felt has been really important to developing this youth system that in the last three or four years has really seemed to have exploded?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would go with Adam Birchall. He's also a former Hellender. He has coached like nearly, I think every level from like under nine to now he's the under 17s coach. He's kind of grown up himself as a coach with these players in a way and i think he's one of those guys who like you don't necessarily hear that much about but if you really get into the very small details of a lot of the interviews and these player profiles they kind of all his name keeps popping up and to me that's not a coincidence that means he's having an effect on these young kids and he's teaching them not just how to be a better player but how to fit better in at arsenal and how to potentially help the club whether that's being a successful senior football here footballer here or elsewhere uh, and, and another it's another one where it's like when you've had the experience in this specific academy. And again, I don't think it's a sentimental thing. I mean, permanent sacker could bring back hundreds of people who are hail enders. But I think there is a little bit of an extra something when it's a former player who has been in the academy. And I think it, it translates to the first team, right? Like Arteta, we all want Arteta to succeed just because he's the Arsenal manager. But also the fact that we used to watch him play for the club does mean something extra. And I think the mm-hmm. same thing goes with coaching. And Adam perjal again, like there isn't necessarily tons to know about him other than the fact that everybody speaks very highly of him. And he's really been a part of a lot of these kids' development as footballers for a very long time. And I think he continu- will continue to be. He still works closely with Jack and the under-18s. Uh, he still, I know he still works closely with Mehmet Ali as well. So he, he's a name that I think you'll see probably rise up the ranks at Hale End or, or find a, a better coaching job at another academy, maybe at a higher level
0: absolutely and um i think i think for me um the biggest one that i'll highlight is i'll come from a talent id standpoint so uh lee heron is incredibly important um in terms of his previous position as head of academy football to kind of take up the operation and now steve brown is kind of his lead talent coordinator you talked about the type of player that we're looking to recruit in terms of hail end. um and we've mentioned the four pillars but i just want to do them for completeness you know uh per kind of outlines being an effective team player an efficient mover a lifelong learner in a championship mentality um and so that mental profile is something that's hugely important to the arsenal setup as a whole um it's something that they've clearly identified because um you know i feel like when you look at the desire um uh for for certain players and making it or not you can have all the talent in the world and i'm looking at malcolm Ebiue as a perfect example is this. We've heard his name back in the Wenger days. He was propped up in the Adidas adverts. And now he's still an incredibly talented player, but he's what? He's in Crystal Palace's team, barely getting an effect. And, you know, he was the next big thing. So how how do you ensure that you find somebody that's able to maximize their talent? Well, you make sure you've got a clear framework that you're looking at different criteria that aren't just technical, that aren't just physical, and making sure that you've got a really rounded prospect as a whole. And I think that from a talent ID perspective, ever since COVID, there was a lot of government guideline changes when you look at Brexit that make it really difficult yeah. for talent ID across different areas. And so um, in terms of development and in terms of understanding the grassroots system up until the academy setting, we really found a niche, I feel, in the domestic market. And we really yeah, tried we to maximize that, um, not oh, just in our ID. How, how do you feel that's played an, an
1: impact on end? As a whore. Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network.